0: on today's episode of Brody and the Beard, we're going to talk about the Rockets heading to Chicago for the All-Star Game. We're going to talk about the state of the Houston Rockets and the trends we're seeing, as well as our assessment of small ball and Kelly Eco's latest article on Robert Covington joining the team. But before we get to that, successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. If you're doing one, 10 or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like I do on a regular basis. NetSuite by Oracle gives you a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more all in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at NetSuite.com slash listen. That's NetSuite.com listen. Speaking of looking fresh,
1: is that velvet you have? Biggie <laughs> velvet. Moe Dackel,
0: this guy's amazing. The beer! All right, time to start a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo Dekeel, and with me is Kelly Eco, our man on the ground, the Athletics beat writer covering the Houston Rockets. And back from her vacation from Ecuador, we got Sasha Shaw on the ones and twos. But before we get to all that, Kelly, how you doing? Ew! Okay, so you're doing well. (laughs) All right, good talk.
1: Uh, (laughs) You excited to head to All-Star break? Uh actually I was and then I saw all the reports of a uh, pretty interesting weather coming Chicago's way in a couple of days but as you know I'm always stay toasty and warm so we'll see what it brings All right and also I don't know if you caught this Sasha Kelly made his
0: uh, NBA TV uh, debut the other day my season 2 debut Season two. Oh, this is, a, this is a, another one. He's, you know, I was surprised we get him on the pod. He, I thought he'd be too busy for us now that he's a, a TV star. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get to the facts if we haven't burned and turned away all our listeners at this point. Uh, Kelly, James Harden got voted in as a starter. Russell Westbrook as a reserve. I don't think we even really talked about it when it, when it all happened. What were your thoughts? Because I know a lot of people were upset when Westbrook got in.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure why they would be upset because he is playing perhaps maybe the best stretch of basketball in in a long, long time. I, I think part of it has to do with, you know, him getting a heightened sense of maturity on the court. You know, he, the, the days are gone where, you know, you would see Russ coming down the court and jacking up seven, eight threes a game when he, you knew that wasn't his his preferred playing style. He's taking it in the paint, getting guys involved. And he's done, he's a big part of why the Rockets decided to go small. You know, with him getting Clint out of the way and just giving him ample space to work with. You know, it was a big part of the reason why the Rockets wanted to play to his strengths. And, and, And you're seeing that now in the eight or nine games since the trade. Oh, well, well, since the actual move, not just the trade, but the eight or nine games they played without Clint, you know, they're playing faster. Right. Yeah, it's a different kind of basketball, but, you know, they're winning.
0: No, they're winning and he's he's been phenomenal. I mean, even last night, the the whole just, I mean, him and Harden combined, I think had what, 72 points in their yeah. win over the Celtics. I think just as a whole, you know, he, he's kind of cooking and and. Look, he came in and was still shooting a ton of threes. I don't listen, he always gunned and shot threes and just didn't make a lot. Like that was something he was willing to do and and was was trying to work on his shooting. But it's nice to see that they've he's adjusted. The Rockets have adjusted to it and allow him to kind of just be Russ and let him attack and let him go at the rim. I think this is real growth on his part. To adjust his game, knowing that like, yo man, I'm not really the three point shooter. this isn't my game, this is actually hurting the team, and I got four other guys with me that can all shoot it better than me, like let me just attack the rim, and you just saw it over and over again. It's just so relentless.
1: yeah and, and credit to Russ, you know, for for realizing that it's about if you're coming to a Houston team that preaches efficiency, doing the the best thing possible. You know, the best thing for us was to get into the lane. There aren't that many guys that can stop him one-on-one. We saw Rudy Gobert have a bit of trouble staying in front of him. You know, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart last night. It's just the best way for this team to play. They did need an extra sense of aggression. They needed that snarl, that bite that Russ brings to a team. And, you know, coupled with Harden, even though there are times in the game where you know, they might not mesh as well as they should. There are times where it does look really well, like last night in the fourth quarter. You know, with them, I think they combined for 25 points, uh, just able to put pressure on the Celtics defenders over and over and over again and cause them to be frustrated and start fouling and get easy points at the line. And that's what you want to see when you go up against good teams, you know, in, in good environments. You want to see how can a team... Manufacture points when, you know, each possession matters more than the last.
0: Yeah, and I think last night's game, the thing about Boston is they don't really play big, right? They don't even have a a, a true center or anything like that. I mean, Daniel Thice is good and and Robert Williams is hurt, but generally they're they're pretty small. But it was good to see the Rockets kind of just go at them. And and again, they closed the game with like a 17 4 run uh before they took out starters. And I mean, it's just a challenge. And 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 this is one of those games where it's like, okay, this looks really good. There are going to be nights. We've said this when, when, when we talked about it after the Laker game. There are going to be nights where it looks really good. And there are going to be nights where it's not going to look good. And it's going to look like the Phoenix game. And and, and they're going to lose or or whatnot. Like I'm not even mad about the Utah game. It's, it's a one-point game. That's a coin flip. That can go either way. But I think it's it's going to be interesting how this thing continues on going forward. And the other thing too, with the small ball lineup, you can't have bad shooting nights really that much anymore. Like James Harden can't have those three for 14 from three Mm -hmm. type of nights.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, going back to that jazz game, Mike D'Antoni kept saying that he was proud of the way his guys played. And and, and you see why, like with, with the, with the new lineup they have out there with Covington, Tucker and house playing together, it kind of gives the Rockets. <clears throat> the versatility they've been looking for defensively and offensively. You know, with those three guys able to guard multiple positions, able to, you know, affect the game, spread the court, hit open shots. You know, even in that Jazz game, had the Rockets won, it would have been the last three shots they were made were by Covington, Tucker, and House, all corner threes. You know, just speaking to the importance of having those guys in the lineup. But even going back to the Celtics game, You're seeing that five on the floor, I think in 23 minutes, they had a defensive rating of 95.6, and against the Jazz, it was 100.8, so you're seeing that group is arguably his best group on the floor, and I I can see why he would want to move towards that lineup more and more, even when Eric Gordon comes back, just because defensively, they're able to do so much, and when you do bring Gordon back, he can be that guy off the bench that is kind of a fourth forward where you can stagger with House or stagger with Tucker or Covington and able to get certain things going, you know, offensively and defensively, and just kind of keep the system humming.
0: Hold on. Correct me on the numbers you just said. So last night was with that lineup defensively was like what?
1: Yeah. 95. So so against the Jazz, the starting lineup of Harden, Westbrook, Tucker, House, and Covington played 16 minutes together. They had an offensive rating of one hundred and twenty five point eight and defensive rating of hundred point something hundred point three now I guess okay. boston um I guess Mike saw something he liked, and that group played twenty three minutes together, and the next most lineup was only played five minutes and they had a defensive rating of ninety five point eight and an offensive rating of i think hundred and twenty four point something so it's, it's yeah it's, it's it's a it's a clamp swarming. You know, it's something that the coaches talk about. Sorry, I'm moving it. But um, <clears throat> it's something that the coaches talk about shrinking the floor, trying to cause turnovers, trying to get stops early in the middle of shot clocks rather than the end. Uh, and it's a habit of playing smaller and faster.
0: Yeah, I think there's, I, I, there's a little bit of a danger, too, in terms of sa- sample size with that. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I think part of it, too, is like, the way I look at it, like Boston plays into their hands perfectly because they're going to play small. Yeah, Utah, even though they have Rudy Gobert, they only use him as a pick and roller. They don't run post ups for him. Uh, so, you know, I think that's something that you got to look into and see how that sort of plays out. Yeah, when when you play a pick and ro- uh, a pick and roller, I still think that plays into the Rockets' hands. Yeah. defensively, because I think that's fine when you play a more of a post up team. And the Lakers did a terrible job when they played them. That's where the challenge is going to come into. But the stuff I, I'm beginning to get worried about too, though, is the minutes they're playing with. You know, I think that's the issue where I'm looking at it going like, this is, look, Harden 39 minutes, Westbrook 37 minutes, House 40 minutes, 38 minutes for Covington, 36 for P.J. Tucker. Before he really let in the bench in, you know, really only Rivers and McLemore had – uh, double digits in minutes. Cephalosha had nine. I mean, when when Gordon comes back, obviously it's going to change a little bit, but I don't think it's going to change that much. I think he's just going to eat into Cephalosha's minutes and Macklemore's minutes. You know, are you getting concerned with him wearing these guys out as they go into the playoffs playing this type of style?
1: Well, I mean, that's always been a concern of the Rockets for four years now. I think last night, You could kinda tell that Mike didn't want to lose that game at all because he brought the starters back with I think ten minutes to go. I kinda said this in my article today, but you know, the Celtics do play a brand of small ball, you know, because they don't have a quote unquote traditional big. But their small ball is a bit different because they're they're long, they're lanky. I kinda called them wide receivers, you know, compared to Houston's linebackers. Brad Stevens gave a great quote about that. To your point about posting them up. The Rockets kind of want you to do that. They, they encourage other teams to try and... Because they know that, look, if they're small, a team is going to try and find you know, an, an advantage somewhere. It could be looking for a mismatch on the perimeter. It could be throwing the ball in the post. But when you do that, you kind of play into the Rockets' hands a bit. Now, if Mike keeps playing these guys 35, 36 minutes, <clears throat> I'm not sure it's, it's the best you know option but they it's they're kind of in a in a, a situation where they kind of have to play them more uh given you know, the tightness of the western conference and you know if you want to, these guys to gel together you do have to play them more but i do i do agree that it has been a bit too much i don't think harden should be playing 39 minutes a game gordon's coming back will obviously help things a bit but ideally you, you want to keep those guys fresh you know, maybe around 33, 34 minutes, kind of like the Bucks do with Giannis. Now that helps because they have a, such a fantastic team, but there are ways to manage your minutes effectively in a game where you're not sacrificing, you know, that much on the floor in like a minute or two or three
0: to give guys a breathing room. Just especially with the pace they're going to play and the speed in which they're going to play, like that, the, the, the minutes that these guys are going to go is what's going to concern me with it. I know Russ is still... I mean he's going to take the second night of back to backs off and things like that but the that that pace and 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 at that high number it's that that really worries me
1: Kelly. But look, you know, it's it's been I guess if you want to call it it's been Mike Dantoni's Achilles heel for his you know career.
0: <laughs> Very much so.
1: Um playing guys too much
0: but He's like a pitcher. He's like a manager in baseball that keeps the pitcher in, you know, one inning too long.
1: It kind of felt like a playoff-type game, just given, like, the chess match that was going on between the two teams. And you kind of knew that Mike D'Antoni would shrink his rotation up a little bit. But I think part of that was due to the fact that when they did have, like, a six, seven-point lead, he wanted to get his guys some rest. He, he sat Covington, he sat Harden. And he let Russ go with the second unit. But that was when the Celtics came back in the game. And they actually took the lead, which kind of prompted him to, you know, go back on his uh, and get his starters back in there. But, I mean, who knows? Will Mike ever, I'm not sure if he'll ever change at this point of his career. But, you know, players want to play. But there's always going to be, you know, an opportunity cost when it comes to that.
0: That's the way it's kinda it's gonna play out through the year. Give me your looking forward after the all-star break, your 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 look down the stretch of, you know, I think they got like thirty something games left. What's your view of it? How are you looking at things? How are you hoping things are gonna play out, you know, and in, in, in that regard?
1: Yeah. Um, well, in the if you've followed the Rockets for the past two seasons, um, you've known that after the all-star break this group tends to elevate their game. They, they, they go on these long runs where everything looks, you know, fantastic. And I asked Coach about that last night if he felt like a similar thing was going to happen. And he said, well, yeah, I hope so. But in reality, I think that now, having gone to small ball full time, I think there are things to take away from this, what, 7-2 and two stretch, you know, with Capella that can give you some, some signs of positivity down the stretch. Obviously, you, you pray for health and everything like that. But I do think this team can go on a, a similar type run after the break, uh, just getting guys some rest, some much needed rest, uh, and just allowing guys to catch up on things that they missed, you know, pay more attention to defensive, you know, deficiencies and, Try and find ways to to be the best team that they can be heading into the playoffs now, obviously that also goes into effect with other teams in the Western Conference you know who also want to raise their level of games. There's going to be an added level of desperation with the teams like the blazers the the pelicans and and what have you trying to look for positioning in the western conference. but I do think the Rockets have everything in front of them you know to to make a push now it's it's really up to them you know to see. If it, they they do or not?
0: Yeah the, the the thing I look at with them is listen OKC is not far behind them no. you know they're they're a game and a half back yep. to get into that fifth seed yep. and you know that 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 becomes a challenge I think the Jazz are a great mat- first round matchup for the Rockets I think that's who they should want to play they should try to avoid the the Clippers and the Nuggets. I, I don't think they'll drop to seven. Oh, actually, no. Dallas is also a game and a half behind them as well. So I mean, they can drop all the way to seven.
1: I think they'll end up. They have a chance to end up getting to three. It's going to take a lot of luck, but they could get to three. I think. I don't gonna, think.
0: I don't. I. I. I know they're not. I far think it's behind. like three and a half I games. Just, the three and a half games. Yeah. Them? Yeah. I just don't think they're going to get there. I think. And 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 that's maybe a pessimistic view of it. I think they can get the home court in the first in the first round against the Jazz, I think they can get to 4, just two yeah. games behind them. I think there's a there's a play there, and I know they own the tiebreaker against the Clippers, but I think the Clippers are going to hit another gear and probably get to the second. So then it comes down to Denver. But the things that are going in the Rockets' favor that I really like after the All-Star break is, you know, we talked about that brutal stretch that they had from mid-January, right, to the All-Star break. Now their schedule gets a little bit easier. They don't have a they only have one long road trip, of a, a five game road trip towards the end of March, and everything after that, it's really just two games, and then they're back home. You know, it's it the schedule's a little bit easier for them at going forward. You know, they have their strength of schedules like twenty fourth, I think, in the NBA after after the All Star break, which bodes well for them and and for your your call that they can maybe even get to third um so i think there's a lot of good stuff going forward for them It allows them to when you're home you're allowed to work on things a little more it's easier to get a practice in it's easier for guys to get extra shots and and get their rhythm and stay in that rhythm so i think that's a positive thing there for the rockets going forward and i think they just need that like you said more time to gel i think they've done a phenomenal job rebounding as a crew you know we always you know Coaches always say it, all five guys to the board, all five guys got a rebound. They got a gang rebound, but you know, this team really, since they've gone to small ball, have really kind of embraced that. You know, when you look at the rebound numbers from last night, you know, the only starter that had the lowest rebound total was six and that was PJ Tucker. That's pretty good. You know, you had Covington with seven, Harden with eight, House with nine and Westbrook with 10. Like that's pretty awesome when you're starting crews rebounding like that. Um and they're all small. So at least they have that knowledge that, hey, we gotta crash the glass and make sure we take care of that. So I'm interested to see how this whole thing shakes out going forward. But I do want to get into it's such a great name for an article, the ecosystem from this week. You had a chance to to dive into Robert Covington here a little bit, man. Uh talk about what you wrote.
1: Yeah, um, just going from his first week, you know, as a rocket. You know, I talked to Coach Turner, who was around in 2009 when Trevor Ariza had just come from the Lakers, and even though he was, Ariza was asked to be this, you know, number one option, a role that he wasn't accustomed to, his, offensively, his numbers kind of took a hit, you know, efficiency-wise, but he's always been a great defender, and Coach Turner You know, loved Ariza, he loved what he brought, his intangibles, his length, his IQ, stuff like that. And just being around Covington for three, four days, Turner told me that, you know, even though he's still going to figure out what he can and can't do, he's loving what he's seeing so far. Just because now, like if we're being honest, you know, the Rockets up until now, they hadn't really fully grasped Coach Turner's defensive philosophy of what he wanted to do. At times, you could see still see them, you know, going back to their old habits that we saw under bizdelic. Now Turner, Coach Turner wants to do what you 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 guys, you know, from you coaches and film film guys, call shrinking the floor, <clears throat> which is when the ball is in the paint. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold
0: up. Yeah. Why did you say that? In, in, in an insulting
1: way. No, no, no. You I'm saying, film guys, I'm saying basketball intellectuals. No, you guys. No, it's a respect. It's a respect. The way you had said it had, had a tone to it. Oh, my bad. My bad. I put, I put a little sauce on it. <laughs> it. It felt like you were covered a little spicy. No, in it, no, no. You know? no, no, it's, a, it's, it's. I, I love the term. It's called shrinking the floor. You know, in situations like pick and rolls, double drags, when the ball comes into the paint, the Rockets want to swarm the ball. Ha- the ball handler. Who will then have to probably pass to the corner, but the rockets want to rotate and talk in a way that when the strong side help comes, you have to make another pass or you either you lose the ball or you take a bad shot, and they can get out and run for four months now. The rockets haven't been able to do that quite to the tune of heat that he'd want, but now, having Covington, you don't have to necessarily worry about that you don't have to worry about um keeping Capella at the rim. For rim protection and rebounds, you can now focus on getting turnovers, getting stops early in the shot clock, you know, in the middle of the shot clock because Covington is so adept at just being there. Like a free safety, his head is always on a swivel. He's paying attention to everything that goes on around him, kind of what Ariza did for, for, for three years. And even in the three four games that Covington has played, he's shown his value to this team. And you you can see why Daryl Morey tried all these combinations to get him because they've needed a guy like that for a long, long time. And um, going forward, you know, Covington can kind of be an extension of Turner on the floor because one thing Covington does is he talks. He's on the bench, he's talking, if he's on the floor, he's talking. He, he wants to make sure everyone knows their job, everyone you know, knows what's going on around them exactly and he's there to just, you know, be the voice, you know, along with Tucker, you know, on the floor. And I think for Turner, he's very appreciative of, you know, Coverton's arrival. And he has a very, you know, positive outlook on what the Rockets defense can eventually turn into.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, Covington has fit right in. I mean I- I make no mistakes. I definitely, I still think Marcus Morris might have been somebody I would have preferred over Covington. But when you look at it now, I mean, Covington has fit right in seamlessly, defensively and and offensively. I mean, it's it's been a very good marriage so far. And I love what you said in terms of him talking, because that's such an important aspect of defense. It's communication. Early, often, and loud is, it's something that we heard a lot coaching and things like that and that was something we preached a lot we wanted our guys to say it and talk it as much as they could but yeah everybody i highly recommend going to check out kelly's latest article the ecosystem do not a subscriber to the athletic i don't know what's wrong with you you need to get on top of that the athletic.com slash brody in the beard will get you a discount uh on an annual subscription so don't miss out on that kelly before i let you go how excited are you? What are you excited to check out at All Star Break, and then we'll we'll call
1: it. Mm, that's a good question. Deep dish. I want to. I want to figure out if the deep dish pizza thing is real.
0: Um, I love deep dish pizza, dog. Like that's you. I I love it. Um, I, I don't want to see that spinning. Pizza, I want
1: to see that spinning restaurant. You know, Chicago. The one that spins in a circle. But more so, I, I love I love All Star Break because it's like you know, it's almost like not prom but it's like a it's like one <laughs> big ass party wow. for the NBA you know media players celebrities it's just a good time even though it's going to be freezing cold i'm looking forward to you know getting some good content and hey, i might get to sit down with somebody you know for the pod so we'll see how that goes oh okay see, see him trying to kind of hint at
0: some stuff there folks uh, we'll see what happens
1: um but yeah i'm just looking forward to uh a good uh weekend
0: there you go well hopefully you'll be able to stay find a way to stay warm out in chicago and not get caught in the cold too often uh for kelly eco for sasha's shawl and for me we out